You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. You know, like we, uh, it's hard. We, we go through all this time of having nothing and we got all this information now. And you know, we actually had a football game to watch. Uh, Randy Gregory's on the football field. It, it feels like there's, there's too much to talk about at this point. Uh, but all of it seems, you know, all of it's exciting at this point. It, none of it's like, no, in, knock on wood, no injury news. It's, at this point, it's all just kind of happy you know, news. So that's that, that makes me excited. Yeah, it's actual football news. So coming up on today's show, we are going to review the Cowboys preseason game from Thursday night. Man, it feels so long ago. Uh, and talk about some of the news that came out of practice over the last couple of days. Uh, we know we didn't have a show on Friday after the game. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of the bigger storylines. We're not going to break down every single little part of the game that happened. Uh, but I want to touch on a couple of the highlights. So let's go ahead and we'll start there. Uh, the Cowboys played their first preseason game of the season against the 49ers. Uh, they lost 24-21, but that score does not <laughs> matter at all. Uh, the first team offense, let's start there, looked really efficient. Uh, Dak Prescott looked really good, 3 of 3, for 39 yards passing. Uh, he had the touchdown to Michael Gallup that you guys have all seen now. Uh, no Ezekiel Elliott, but I thought Rod Smith showed really well. Uh, Connor Williams gave up a quick sack to DeForest Buckner, uh, but that's that's a really good player there. Overall, I, an incredible performance by the Cowboys' offensive line uh, in their first uh, action of the season. So let's just talk about what we saw from the Cowboys' offense, at least from that first drive. Uh, was there anything that stood out to you in particular? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a very kind of vanilla uh, version of, of the offense. I mean, just because by game, no game planning and, you know, all that sort of thing. But one thing that was interesting, I thought, you know, we saw a lot of personnel groups being shuttled in and out. You know, you saw, uh, you saw players kind of coming off the field, a lot of different uh, uh, personnel. Uh, so it wasn't just like a case of, of, you know, having this one wide receiver and another wide receiver and one tight end. And those guys just kind of lining up at different spots. It was, a, you know, changing out those players all within the first team, which I thought was, you know, again, another step towards what we've been taught, what, at least what I've been talking about is what this offense is going to look like. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I think that that kind of stuff is normally not so discernible by uh, uh, preseason games. But I think, you know, in this case, sure. the fact that they were rotating in and out um, people kind of shows you that they weren't looking to just get one group of first team wide receivers ready. They were looking to get a, 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 a collection of wide receivers ready to work with the first team. Um, so just that, uh, go ahead. I was going to say real quick, one of the things that I noticed right away, I think it was a third play of the game. They ran the fake jet sweep to Tavon Austin. Uh, and I think Rod Smith had a carry of like eight or nine yards in that run. Uh, that's going to be a staple of the offense. And we kind of talked about that a lot in the show is they're going to use Tavon on a lot of misdirection stuff. Uh, so it, I remember basically on that play, Tavon basically took account of the backside defensive end, uh, and you had five guys blocking for uh, a pretty incredible, you know, performance. And that's it's just what the Cowboys are going they're going to want for Tavon. If if teams 
you know, fail to honor Tavon, then I'm sure they're going to start giving him more uh, snaps out of that jet sweep in the end around. So just something that caught my eye. So go ahead. Yeah, no, and actually just to comment on that, not to overcorrect, but we should start, you know, labeling these because they, they are different. This, like what he did was actually called a, a, an orbital motion, you know, where he basically, okay. he right. comes back off the line of scrimmage back towards the quarterback. Like he's kind of orbiting around the gravity of the quarterback, the jet sweep. And, and the reason I'm pointing this out is because, these all serve kind of different functions. Like the jet sweep we think about sure, with, with, with Lucky is it's straight. Like he is going horizontal with the line of scrimmage. He's he's never kind of varying his distance from the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, and, and the reason that those are interesting is because, you know, you run that jet sweep, but it's kind of in front of the quarterback. So you can, you know, hand it off and he can go. The orbital, it actually kind of goes behind him. And what that ends up meaning is that he can kind of, from that, if he doesn't take the ball, he can actually kind of continue that and then uh, turn sort sort of slightly, meaning that he can continue that rotation back to the outside and catch a swing pass really quickly, uh, especially if that uh, flat is unoccupied. So th- what that ends up doing is that that will end up being uh, not just a constraint, um, but a uh, an actual option. You know, where where like D- Dak will be able to read the play, and depending on how the linebacker or a safety reacts, I mean, basically an RPO, except with kind of a bubble screen reverse option tagged onto with Tavon. And again, just based on that little rotation, I mean, that, that shows you, you know, something that they have in their playbook that they can do all kinds of different variations off of. And that's really the reason I wanted to bring that up is because the, st- the fact that they have this stuff in there means that, you know, it's, they're not just doing, they're not doing that sort of orbital motion uh, just to uh, only, only to identify what the coverage is and that and and and, and to, as, as a constraint. The, the idea is that that will that is what it initially does, and then you build the constraints of that off of it, you know. And so that will be a, a interesting. Just just a just a little taste of like the the kind of basic stuff that's in the offense that uh, eventually could lead to some of the more interesting, complicated stuff. But to go back to the conversation, I, yeah, I thought you know Tavon specifically was got out there running routes, and he looked. I, I think. Tavon has looked really great running routes. I mean, I mean, compared to what we've seen on tape with him before. Uh, I mean, he's 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 running underneath routes with uh, precision that we hadn't really seen before. I think I tend to think it, just to kind of pull back a little bit. I, I think the 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 thing that to me is one of the big stories of what we saw in the game that isn't necessarily the headline that we we all have been talking about is just in general. How much, uh, how how much cleaner and, and crisper the routes are across the board for all the wide receivers? I, I think Michael Gallup, you know, on his touchdown, actually, it, it wasn't exactly the cleanest route up front, but he was able to finish the play, and that's great. But I think if you go back and watch, you know, just how some of these guys are running routes, and they were able to take it to the game, and this is I obviously have a little bit of benefit just having seen these guys in camp, but. I think that what I've seen is even the guys like Terrence Williams, who've been on this team for years, yes. Yes. Um, he's running routes completely different than he was previously, and 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 in a much more positive fashion. Uh, and and again, I, I've mentioned the the hands out, palms out catching thing. We say I feel like I say that maybe every year at training camp that he's. It seems like he's doing that, but even in comparison to that, he's catching the ball more than previous. <laughs> training camps with you know he, at a higher rate like oh, um, the majority of his catches now are palms out it feels like 
uh, which has obviously never been the case for him. So I, I guess the note I'm giving is that I feel like Sanjay Lal has really made a extremely positive impact on a group of what essentially the rest of the league is calling a, a bunch of no-name receivers. And, and that's the one note that I thought that besides the obvious stuff that you mentioned that that is all very important, but it's, you know, we've, we've kind of all discussed collectively going back and watching the wide receivers run routes and do things. Everything looks a lot cleaner than it had been in previous years. Yeah. Sanjay law is definitely a teacher and a technician and you are seeing that across their board from the receivers. I, I was just impressed by guys like, you know, Lance Lenore, uh, who I thought played well last year, but you can see everything in his route running has improved since last year dramatically. And I think because of that, he's got a really good chance to make the team this year. And I, you know, coming into training camp, I thought maybe he was the eighth or ninth receiver, but Lenore's really taken to the to the teaching and the coaching. I think he has a good chance. Uh, we could spend hours talking about the Cowboys' offense. Yeah, I, I uh, probably I probably led us too far down that path, and I apologize. No, that's no, that's but fine. It, it's, it's, it's exciting, really, you know. It's a really it interesting. Con- yeah, it's it, it's going to be an interesting offense this year, just because they don't have the stars uh, that they've had before, and they're going to have to do things differently. Well, and it's going to be last thing. It's going to be last thing. Scott, yeah, it's just because the kind of continuing on that is that. When I went into this, I think we all probably were saying, well, they've got eight of these guys. I'm hoping that four of them will be good. You know, like I'm hoping that yes. four, maybe five of them uh, will be good enough to, uh, you know, make this make this team and, and, and do some things on the field and actually get snaps. I'm at the point now where I'm having a hard time letting go of the eighth guy, you know? And, like, I feel like six or seven of these guys are going to be able to get on the field and contribute as receivers during the season. So uh, that's uh, if that's not a testament to what he's done to our depth, I don't know what is. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with roster cuts because you know guys like Noah Brown, who I thought was had a pretty good chance to make it, he might not be there. Deontay Thompson is he fighting for a roster spot? Because I kind of think so. Uh, you know, we have a couple more weeks, and we're going to have a lot more reps in the preseason and practice to kind of figure this out. But it's just something to monitor uh, over the next couple weeks. Um, let's go ahead and move to the defense. I saw a tweet from you yesterday, and this kind of ties into practice and from what we saw uh, over the weekend in, in the preseason game. Uh, you said that we need to start considering the oh, Cowboys <laughs> have the chance. No, because no, I think I actually think you're right. I, I know it was just I There's tried a, to treat it kind of late night because I feel like it's a little bit of a hot take, but I will certainly defend it. So go ahead. Okay, that that's the ultimate Marcus Mosier brand. Tweet something at three a.m. <laughs> I learned in the morning. from the best. I remember this. I learned from the best. I remember this from. <laughs> from Derrick Henry and Ezekiel a while ago. You tweet something at 3 o'clock, not a lot of people are going to see it. But uh, Twitter has added this in case you missed it function, which it's is horrible. It's ruined but everything. It's ruined everything for it, us. It, it, it really has. You, you can't hide anymore. Uh, but you tweeted that the Cowboys there, – there's a potential that the Cowboys could be an elite defense. It's, it's in the range of outcomes now. Um, and I think on uh, Thursday, while the Cow- you didn't see – the starting defense a lot. They were still missing Sean Lee and a couple other players. You see what this defense could become. It's a really fast defense. It's going to to uh, it's going to have a lot of talent up front on their defensive line. I, you know, they I think they've really improved their linebacking core. Uh, their secondary looks like it's ready to take a step. Uh, talk to us about why you feel like the Cowboys have a chance to become uh, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Well, I mean, I, I think things are coming together. I mean, it's, it's, you know, for a long time, I feel like at camp, 
the unspoken hope was that we were seeing a lot of struggles, um, you know, not struggles, but it was very even between the offense and the defense, you know, in a way that it maybe hasn't been in a long time. And obviously part of that is has to do with the fact that you've lost a guy like Des Bryant who thrives in an environment like this normally. Though, you know, even at training camp last year, you could tell that Des wasn't like the same guy that he had been in previous years, right? Like, so... but I guess this unkind of said hope that man is this defense like actually really good like because they they seem really good and, and you know they it it shows up day after day and they're making plays and suddenly Byron Jones is doing a bunch of things at corner and and his you know learning curve has accelerated you're like wow uh, that's he's looking good that was that was that was surprising he's gotten so good so quick and then. Jadobia Woozy is like really taking the step that you hope that he would. And, and, you know, the safeties aren't, you know, causing us to bleed constantly just because they, you know, they can't make the plays or can't line the team up, can't get what they need to go. And then you mentioned it. It's like Jalen Smith is, is what you hoped he was, you know, and suddenly he's showing up mm. and he's like become a playmaker and as a linebacker. And then you, you've got Leighton Vander as a first round pick behind him. And then on top of that, you also have Joe Thomas who has shown up as an incredible free agent find, you know, and, 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 and a guy who probably is the one that you feel the most comfortable with plugging in at will linebacker and letting him go and, and, and being that replacement uh, when, when you when you don't have Lee. And also, you still have Sean Lee. And, and so you add right. all that stuff in, the fact that you had a, a you probably had one of the best, you know, four down linemen uh, pass rushes last year. Uh, and then you, you add into the fact, okay, yeah, you, you definitely lost Irving for the first month, and that's not great, but you didn't have him the first month last year either. You're going to get Collins back, and I feel pretty confident about his ability to come back from this uh, this injury and, and perform because he's done it before. And then, and then again, you add in Randy Gregory, who you know, as much as everyone's trying to tap the brakes on this, every step along the way, he looks ready. You know, he looks like he's ready to go, and he looks like they're they're getting him to go. You got Dorrance Armstrong coming on strong as a, as a rookie. It's it's there's depth, there's talent. Uh, there, you know, there's pretty, there's almost, you know, a all pro level player. You think at, at every level of this defense, you know, I just think that it's not. I certainly wasn't guaranteeing, and I very specifically, you know, chose my words when I said this. But I, I think with all of that, you know, and I, and I think that the other thing too is that the reason that actually prompted this is because I wanted to see how the defensive tackles would play in this game. Without Irving, without Collins, and they had a good game. Like the the three yeah, the, the three defensive tackles, Price, Woods, and Dayton Jones, had a good game. And and the the fourth guy is a guy that we were expecting the most from, who I still think hasn't been bad, Jihad Ward. But I mean, the fact that you got those other three guys flashing in the preseason game means that I, I feel com- more and more confident about these guys being able to weather the storm. You know, especially against the interiors that they're going to face the first four games. Long story short. <laughs> I think all of these elements are showing us that if things work out, not not, not they are going to work out, but if things work out, that that you know, elite is within the you know spectrum of possibilities that is that are available for this defense. You have the talent base there. You have a scheme that allows this talent to, to thrive in a way that it can. Uh, the question is, like, how does it all play out? Now, that's obviously 
the crux of it. But I think that, you know, there was a time when, uh, you know, before we saw Jalen, before we knew that Randy could come back, that I don't think that the level of the highs, the ceiling for this defense was nearly as high as it, as it is right now. And, and, and now I, I think we're in a spot where, where if things, you know, play out the way, continue to play out the way that they've been playing out, this defense could be really, really, really good. So I think you hit the nail on the head here. So unlike offense, where you typically play the same 12, 13, 14 guys, defense is you need to have depth. You need to have 20 guys that you feel really good about. And in previous years, I've always thought the Cowboys starting 11. You know, you look at their defense on paper in a magazine or pregame or whatever, looks good. Uh, but whenever they suffered an injury or they've had to sub out guys, that's when you've seen the quality of play drop. And I can remember that being the case in 2012 and 2013. It's, you know, behind guys like Demarcus Ware and Sean Lee, there was such a big drop off uh, that their defense over time, you know, by the middle of the season, by the end of the season, started to wear down and they just didn't have the depth to survive games. Now that you look at this team, I feel really good about the second unit on every single spot. I mean, we talked about this second unit defensive line with, you know, potentially Randy Gregory and Taco Charlton and maybe Jihad Ward and Dayton Jones all being part of the second unit and Torrance Armstrong and Charles Tapper. Uh, that's one of the better second, third units in the NFL. You talked about the linebackers. We feel really good about Joe Thomas, especially in the passing game, if he needs to come in. Uh, you didn't even mention Damian Wilson, who – I thought looked really good on uh, Thursday night. I, that's did. probably the best I've seen Damian Wilson he play. Um, he he looked fast. He looked explosive. He uh, he was anticipating well. Uh, I know we don't talk about him a lot on the show, but you know that's a guy that's going into his fourth year. And last year was kind of a mess for him when you consider some of the off-field stuff and the injuries that he's had to go through. If he can come in and be your Sam linebacker and uh, you know maybe take a step or two, that'll improve your defense right there. Um, you know, even the secondary guys like Jordan Lewis might be your fourth cornerback and the Cowboys just haven't had that kind of depth in their secondary in a while. So I, I truly believe to be an elite defense in the NFL, you need to have solid depth all over the place because there's going to be injuries. There's going to be times where people miss games or they need to be subbed out. You've got to have guys that you feel comfortable playing. And I really feel like the Cowboys have 21, 22 guys on their defense right now that I will feel comfortable that they have to play NFL snaps right now. The, the thing that is shocking, I think it's hard to kind of conceive, is that the amount of talent, the, the talent level of this defense j- jumped with just players that were already in the building technically. You know, they are, you know, they, I think that's that's the thing that's that's hard to conceive for people outside is that we had this collection of talent that was, you know, waiting for an offseason to either approve, be, you know, improve uh, to uh, to be reinstated to come off an injury, you know, and, sure. and the, the guys. I mean, you know, obviously, Randy Gregory and Jalen Smith being those, you know, the two main focuses that these two elite level talents at their position. Uh, kind of finally being able, hopefully, to fulfill that promise that you know that that's kind of long been coming. And so you, you add that into a defense that was already starting to come around a little bit. Um, you know they struggled last year because they lost their you know their playmaker who they relied on, and they didn't have you know. I, I think you know, look. I mean, like we look back and, and uh, now we look at what we've got right now. 
uh, I think that you look at what Anthony Hitchens was, and, and you realize that he was, you know, good enough to, as a good as a replacement level starter. I, I, I mean, uh, maybe above that, uh, but I don't know that he was necessarily the guy to come in and, and be uh, the best third linebacker and to be the only backup linebacker. I guess is the best way to put it because I, I just feel like what we have now they can withstand injury to a certain to the point where you may even feel confident sitting Lee down, you know, just to kind of preserve him at points, you know, not maybe not a whole yeah, game, about or, that. Yeah, but I mean, like, but you know, that's pretty, that, impressive. that concept is so foreign for the Cowboys. I mean, being able to actually rest Lee within games or series, it, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and again, to your point, the idea of having depth, especially in a defense like this, where, and let's talk about this again. The speed of this defense, just between last year and this year, is unbelievably different. And and, uh, and again, part of that is because Jalen's speed is unbelievably different. Uh, and and you know, but I think they it's just everyone's playing fast and arriving angry and 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 hitting hard and, and getting where they need to be. I think Chris Richard is a big part of that. I think that you know the youth in the secondary, combined with their experience and their improvements, that also plays into that talent jump I talked about. Because you've got three, maybe four young defensive backs who've been uh, going from year, rookie to year, you know, year one in, the, in their NFL careers, and uh, those are the guys who are obviously going to improve the most. And then you put them in a room with a guy like Chris Richard, and, and obviously even take that further. You got a guy like uh, uh, Byron Jones who moves to cornerback, but also specifically to the kind of cornerback that is, fits his skill set the best. Uh, you know, actually giving him uh, the opportunity to play in a spot that maybe will finally kind of unleash his playmaking ability a little bit. And I think that you know, it, again, all these things added together, they create this uh, opportunity for this team to be at that level. Not that they will actually, not that I'm guaranteed they'll actually reach it, but the fact that this was not really. Uh, a ceiling that we thought was a previously available, and now that it is available, I thought we should all at least identify it and recognize it and say, hey, with this talent base, with the guys that could be potentially playing for us starting week one or starting week five, when you want if you want to add an Irving, this should be the standard because this defense is actually not just get by, you know, not just, you know, uh, let's uh, do enough to help the offense win the game good. It's actually potentially help this team win the game good all right so we have about seven minutes left on the show and there's one thing that i wanted to talk about really quickly and that is the cowboys backup running back situation so obviously we did not see zeke uh on uh thursday night and that's fine i i don't imagine that we'll see him very much in this uh preseason you might see him a little bit in the third preseason game uh rod smith i thought looked really good and i would love to hear your thoughts on rod smith in a minute um but one of the things that we've been discussing, and I'm discussing, me and you have, have kind of gone back and forth with this, is what does the third running back look like on the Dallas Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott and Rod Smith as the number one and number two back? Uh, I thought Bo Scarborough looked good on Thursday. Uh, he his, You can see his speed, his athletic ability. I thought Darius Jackson was really explosive when he came in the game. Uh, you saw a little bit of uh, Olawali in the passing game, a little bit. So talk to us about what role should the Cowboys be looking for for this third running back? Who maybe is the best 
person suited for that role. And if you want to add anything about Rod Smith, please, please go ahead. Well, I'll start with Rod. First of all, I, you're not going to find a bigger Rod Smith fan than me. I mean, I, I think I, I've been the one who's been calling for Rod Smith to get on the field, even when Zeke's on the field, because I, I, I and they've been showing that, you know, they did that 21 pony package that I talked about. And I, I was could not be more thrilled to see that they are doing that, that they are trying to get Rod some touches or some looks even with Zeke on the field. Because I think Rod is is a great talent. I mean, I don't think he's just a, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's, I, I, I'm, first of all, I, 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 mean, I think he showed last year that he, not only was he the better backup running back, but I think he has the talent and the skill set physically to uh, to to be a starter in this league and, and to be a, a, a guy, a focus point of an offense to that point. I mean, I, that's how much I like Rod Smith. I, I, and, I, and I think he, he, this is a guy who has elite physical skill set for a running back. He can do everything, uh, but has had to take a long path of a, a long career to get that, to get that job, to, to, to get that, uh, to get, to, to finish, you know, kind of, Filling the uh, the promise of, of his physical skill set, you know, I, I think you know, Ohio State clearly saw something in the guy. That's why they recruited him. You know, he don't you don't go to Ohio State if you're an okay athlete in the position. Um, you know, he clearly he has the genetics of, of being a great athlete because he's got a brother who I've heard is a pretty good athlete. Um, and, and so, like the point is, is that you know finally he's I think learned the skill set of being a running back completely. He's got he's committed to it. He's even slimmed down a little bit. He's explosive out here. When he gets the ball, he explodes up the field. Uh, yes. So I, I I think that he does. It's to the point where I feel much more comfortable if we were to have to lose Zeke for for uh, you know if he lost it had to go out a couple games for injury or whatever or for whatever. I feel like Rod is at a level that, you know, he's not Zeke, but he is definitely someone who can more than take advantage of what the the, the Cowboys provide, maybe better than the average running back. So I'm a huge Rod Smith fan. And that's, that's obviously that's what that tangent gives you. As far as the third running back goes, I, you know, I I think if you, if you keep a third running back on this team. That he's got to be obviously he's got to be a special teams guy. He's got to be you know, a main special teams guy on several different. Uh, well, hold on, real quick. They're going to have to keep three. There's no way they can go into the season with just two, right? No, I, I think it's possible. I, I think if, if you if you go into the if look if, when you combine the skill sets of Tavon Austin and Jameis Olawale, they can get you through a game. For uh, you know, okay, so that, I, I buried the lead a little bit there for you, but you go ahead. But I, I, that's my thought process at least. Is that my thought process has always been. Do you need to carry a third running back to a game each week? And if not, I, I certainly don't feel the need to like carry one on my team as an inactive guy, unless unless Bo Scarborough just is absolutely you know life changing out here and just feel like you don't want to let him go. But I, I really don't feel that necessarily. It, it, the guy's going to need to earn his way on the team because his spot is not about like first of all the spot to me is not guaranteed. It's the second like the, as far as the third running back spot. Uh, second, this, like there might not be a job open. Well, it's, it's not a job like point. okay. Well, we need a third running back. Like no, you, I think okay. you can piece that together with because I, because how, the way I think about it is how does it work game day? You know, because especially with the running back, I can go pick a running back up off the street. Like if if, if I you know what I'm saying? Like what's the drop off between what's going to be available in season and Bo Scarborough? I don't. I mean, it may be 
pretty Darius Jackson. It, it yeah, might be Darius it may be Jackson, Darius Jackson you know who looked just as good. So my point is, is that his his job is not guaranteed, especially when you consider the depth across the rest of the team. The question is not going to be like, is it Darius Jackson or, or Bo Scarborough? It's is it Bo Scarborough or Rico Gathers? Is it Bar- Bo Scarborough or yes. Lance Lenore? Well, you know, like or, you know, is or Charles, it, Tapper. Charles Tapper, you know, like th- those are the spots you're going to have to ask yourself about. And th- those are tough questions. So uh, I-, I think I like what I've seen from Bo. He's definitely going to have to make himself a very valuable special teams player. Um, uh, and then, you know, if, if they keep him, I, I think, uh, you know, he's he's probably going to mostly see the field as a special teams guy uh, as much. As, and, and this goes back to how much I like Rod Smith. If Zeke isn't touching the ball. And he's off the field. Then I want Rod Smith getting all those carries. I don't. You know, I don't need. I love Rod to the point where I don't need Bo at all. Like touching the ball. Like I, I give all those touches to Rod Smith, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, you know, unless unless there's an injury, like Zeke's hurt, and then you you you, you can obviously spell Rod with somebody. But but until then, like, I, you know, I've got a lot of other players that I'm trying to get the ball to already. I don't need to. I don't need to specifically scheme Bo Scarborough touches. I I may feel that need for Rod Smith though. I, I will make the case for Bo Scarborough that he does have experience playing special teams uh, at Alabama. Uh, he played on every single special teams unit: kickoff, kick return, punt return. So it's not like this is something that is going to prevent him yeah. from earning a spot in the NFL, which is good. No, that's, yeah, that's and obviously someone again. It's, want to it's not that like he is preventing him. It's like that's that's what he needs to. To do to be good. Absolutely. So if he could do that, then I'm, I, yeah, he's perfect specimen. Like everyone's talked about, like he, especially with the new rules, like that's the guy you want playing special teams, a fast, big guy, you know, because like, right. you're not going to have the big hog mollies anymore. It's all going to be a, like a punt coverage now. So just basically you need guys like him. And, and, and if you could put that, that player at the running back position and provide running back depth, that's a, that's a double bonus because you're not necessarily having to, continue to stack your your linebacker court which you, you feel like you've got a good group already here's how i feel about that that third running back spot right now is that there's going to be other shoes that drop in a little bit so whether that's the cowboys potentially trading a, a you know one of their excess defensive ends you know for a pick maybe that creates a spot um i'm starting know, to think maybe, linebacker man I mean, you know if, if they if they end up trading a linebacker like you know Damian wilson man, he may be a uh you know if he continues to show good tape He's still on a rookie deal, which is cheap, uh, and he and he plays pretty and he flies around the field. I mean, he, he clearly could do some things. I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to move him off just for something, you know, like a, yeah. a, a late round pick to give him an opportunity. Um, and then I wonder what you could get for Leighton Vanderesh right now. It'd be, I'm joking. I'm joking. I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Look, I, 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 it's too early to worry about late the Leighton Vanderesh, Jalen Smith playing time we, you know we could have a whole other podcast about that but I, I linebackers take a year they they always take a year even reuben foster was struggling in the first half of the season last year just it, it, you need and even sean Lake and everyone needs snaps it, like you know yes. we, I, I don't want giving any of these linebackers including especially sean lee frankly all these snaps all of them because we they i want them to stay fresh so there's there's plenty of snaps to go around but for some of these down roster guys like the sixth linebacker I mean, we may be able to flip him for something, and then the case even gets made for what you're talking about. Now that you've got you, the only hole you have there to fill is a special teams hole, which could, you know, enter Bo Scarborough, and there's your opportunity to make the team. I even think like a guy like Justin Marshall Lillard is good enough yeah, to make absolutely. somebody's 53. Oh yeah. Now can you 
can you trade him? I, I don't know about no. that. But he, I think if you cut him, he will end up on somebody's roster. So well, a JML, just, a JML makes you more comfortable to trade a guy like Damian Wilson. Abso- and that, absolutely, and that's the reason why. Um, so again, I just think there's going to be a, we have three preseason games left. There's going to be a lot of stuff that happens between now and September 1st, where the Cowboys need to make their first cuts, you know, their final cuts. So we will be covering you guys all the way up until then. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Layden at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And you guys, if you love Cowboys talk, make sure you are following the Best Coast po- Best Coast uh, Boys podcast. It's absolutely excellent. Uh, make sure you guys are checking that out. Uh, you can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.